One, two, three. Welcome to the Smartest Amazon Seller Podcast. You will really enjoy this episode. I've got a guest today, Trevin Peterson. I've known him for some time. Very smart in the Amazon space. Actually, the largest YouTuber I've ever had on this channel. If you know his YouTube channel, he really dives into the details, into the weeds. And because he's a seller himself. And so, Trevin, welcome. Thank you. I appreciate it. I always respect people that... Also, like, 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 it's just so clear that they operate the business, you know, that they're a seller and they're in the weeds and they're learning things. You're nice enough and uh, passionate enough about it to, to share it with others. So um, what triggered me to, fun, to want to get you on the podcast was something that's actually happening to my business that I'm considering doing and like you're speaking to it is I'm considering buying a private label business. Uh, it's kind of got an engine going and it's just an opportunity right now. There's a lot of energy in actually people buying other private label businesses. I'm sure you're aware of it. So I just want to jump in the space and, you know, have fun because private label is higher margin. There's no denying it. So you talk private label all the time and like you're putting together this like monthly product list. Tell me just a little bit, like, what about the program, but, but more specifically, then we can dive into like the products that fit. Okay. So with private label, I would say one of the biggest hurdles that people face is product research, finding a product that fits a certain criteria to then sell on Amazon. And I would say that if you don't do it properly, that's where people fail. And so I decided to basically release a product list that gives people the ability to pay a little monthly fee and have a bunch of different ideas that they can go and launch. Obviously, there's parts and things that they have to do on their end, like improving the product, branding the product, doing the whole nine yards that private label entails. But that's kind of my goal and purpose with that is to just help people find that initial product and then they can run with it. Yeah. Um, you said something interesting well, like when you see a lot of products, I mean, I've done plenty of product research and you like say you're talking with your friends about some product idea. What is it that like, uh, you know, sometimes you consider a product for like, you know, an hour or a day or a week. What is it about something that like takes you to the, from the beginning to the end where you're actually placing purchase order and you're putting money down? What are the things that make a product get distinguished that way? So I don't know what it is, but I kind of, I guess this is my gift. If you, if you will, I can look at a product pretty quick and analyze it and say, okay, this has potential, but there's a lot more digging that you have to do. So you have to break down the data and the information to back that. So the two main things that I'm looking at is obviously the, the demand of the product and the competition and everybody on YouTube, podcasts, Facebook groups, that's all they talk about. Oh, you need to find a product in high demand with low competition. But what does that actually mean? And the first thing that we need to understand is how, what is Amazon? Amazon is a search engine, just like Google and YouTube. People go with the intent of searching something like, what is the weather? How do I fix my toilet? It's the same thing on Amazon. They're going searching something very specific and that's what we need to find. We need to find keywords that people are searching for. And once we can find those keywords, then we're like, hey, 
this is a product that is being searched a lot. And now we need to look at how many people are competing, like the competing products, what are the average reviews and, and things like that. And so that's the first thing that I'm looking at is the keyword research. Yeah. So just this morning, I was actually talking with uh, a friend of mine after we worked out and he was reminiscing about some like, some like stretch your arms toy product that was popular when we were kids. I was like, this could be a really good product, but like, and people would actually enjoy it, but they're just not searching for this. Let's say the, uh, the Wayne Gretzky quote, uh, you got to like skate where the puck is moving to. And so you got to find where that traffic is. And if you can insert something interesting into that spot, fantastic example. And I know Trevin knows this one well is so helium 10 did like a series of YouTube videos about launching a product. They, they showed the product research they isolated the top five products and then, then whittled it down to one. And it was a coffin shelf, like a home decor item. You know, at first it seems like kind of quirky, but they did their research and there's a few things that I took away from that. I was like, yeah, that's, that's really like a solid idea. So you'd think like a coffin shelf, how many people are actually typing coffin shelf? Not too many, but they are typing in a lot gothic decor. So, you know, a coffin shelf is adjacent to or part of a huge category with lots of demand, but its specific niche, like had no competition at the time, or maybe one that kind of proved the idea and they were able to create a better listing, you know, and uh, do better marketing. That's kind of like uh, what being an expert in e-commerce is all about is knowing those few like moving parts you know, uh, seeing like, like you just said, you, you say you look at a product and you can see an opportunity. Then you, you bring some data in to like back that up. You're like, yeah, like, and, and then bring that to market. And, and, and usually like, this is where definitely being a professional helps is like realizing what the, your competitors just aren't doing. You know, do they have an optimized product page? There's so many products out there that like, just, they just don't have an eye of, someone, you know, branding it and being creative and, and, and pushing it. I just, you know, <laughs> just uh, spilled out a ton of the details, but um, what were some takeaways? Like, like when you uh, are thinking about bringing, you know, a product into say a competitive space, what are you considering? I mean, for me, it's all about how are you improving it and how are you making it stand out from everyone else? If you can't tell yourself if you were to scroll on Amazon, uh, for example, the, the, the gothic decor, and you started scrolling, and you just imaginary like plugged your listing into that, and you were scrolling, and if you can't tell yourself that you wouldn't stop to click on it, and if it wasn't unique enough, and it, was, it just blended in with the rest, then you're going in the wrong direction. You need to have something that really pops out that is different than everybody else's because what I see people do is they literally just go and copy. They're like, oh, this coffin shelf is doing really good. I'm going to go launch the same thing. And yeah, that could work. But the reality is, is they're already selling that. They already have the reviews. They already have the rank. So why would anyone buy yeah. your it's coffin uphill, shelf that's the same? It's an uphill battle. Thing? It's an uphill battle if you're copying someone. Yeah. Um, but you can learn from them a lot. You oh, can for sure. see sure. Um, there was another coffin shelf. 
But I guarantee you, you know, nine out of 10 people scrolling through will see theirs and it just stands out. Now they have the reviews. You should scroll through sometime and see like they, they, they put little ornaments on it. They like, yeah, I want that for Halloween, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, they're probably going to do really, really well. Hopefully they stock up because the next 45 days, and this is the beginning of September right now, the next 45 days, it's, it's, it's going to go bananas. It is. I'm excited for it. I know they're saying that uh, Black Friday is going to basically start at the end of October. So I, I don't know if you saw that article that they released that they're saying that Black Friday could potentially start a lot sooner. Yeah. And so, yeah, now is the time to for sure prepare for that. Oh, absolutely. I mean, if you're not preparing for Q4, you know, in the middle of summer, then you're not going to be ready. Interesting. But there is one thing right now about launching products that is particularly challenging. uh, This. So if you're launching a new product now, Amazon limits you to 200 units. How does that, uh, I mean, like, what are you doing? You know, you've probably got a few products that you're launching or, you know, uh, you, you consult with so many people that do it. I mean, you're, you're in the weeds. How do you get around this 200 unit limit? So this is a concern that a lot of people do have and they're freaking out about it. But what I've realized with my, it's coming up on three years selling on Amazon, you just need to learn how to adapt and adjust and be willing to make those changes to be able to succeed. So what I did when I hear this 200 limit, you just got to get creative. And there's a few things that I kind of came up with that you can do um, one being launch products that are priced a little bit higher. So for example, if you have a $50 or $100 product, let's let's use $50 as an example, $50 times by 200 units, that's $10,000. And for me, a $10,000 a month product is killer. And so yeah. the issue... The, the issue with this 200 limit is if you're selling a, a product that sells 20, 50 units a day, that's only five days, 10 days of stock. Yeah. And you're going to run out of stock and then you're going to try to replenish. And then it's going to be three weeks later that you get back in stock and then you lose all that rank. So what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to find a little bit higher price product that sells seven units, six units, five units a day which still equates to $10,000 a month, which is still a really, really good private label product in my opinion. Right. So the more expensive products, you know, I, I would say, you know, I've sold a few, uh, I've, I've sold hundreds and hundreds of products uh, that are under $25. And it's kind of a different ball game when you start to get to the 50 to $100. Customers are definitely doing more, you know, calculations in their mind. Like, am I going to use this? Is this worth it? actually read the reviews. Uh, it's more of a study than inexpensive products. For sure. Uh, is there something more like, are you more cautious about certain things when you have a product that's, you know, say up to a hundred dollars? So for me, the biggest thing, and I'm actually launching three products that are like 50 to $75. And the biggest thing for me with those three products is the quality. The products that I, I mean, the majority of my products sell for under $25 and I'm not going through multiple sample orders, testing different quality, testing different manufacturers where these products that are more expensive, I've ordered multiple samples, made multiple changes 
and made sure that I have the best product and that I can market it to make it look like a high quality premium product. And, and so that's kind of what I do. You can't just launch some cheap product and, and charge a high premium for it. You got to actually have a reason of why you're charging that much. And yeah. like you're saying, yes, customers do take some more time to break down that information. And they're like, should I buy this? Why should I buy that? So that's when optimizing your images, your listing, your copy, all of that is so important because they take a little bit more time to look at the entire listing and, and you need to make sure that you craft it perfectly. Interesting. Yeah. There's so right now a unique opportunity with, with more expensive products since like you can, you can keep them in stock a little bit easier with this 200 limit, some other products and you can blow through 200 units in, you know, a week we're hitting that right now. We actually just acquired, uh, not acquired, uh, struck a deal with a brand. And this is something that's selling, I'm pretty sure they're selling about 100 to 200 units a day. And we're getting limited to only send in 200 to FBA. And so the only way that like we could create a win-win scenario is we actually have distribution. And so we're going to, as soon as the FBA uh, runs out, we're turning on the FBM and keeping that listing alive. And, uh, and then sending an FBA as we can, you know, to, as, it, as it scales up. So obviously and a very- Another unique- thing to kind of add to that, if yeah. people don't have like a 3PL, what I've done is if you can only send in 200, work out a deal with your manufacturer and have them order 500 units and have them only ship 200. And then they basically store the other 300. Yeah. And then when you can ship in the rest, have your supplier do that. And I've done that a few times where the supplier will literally just hold your inventory for free as long as you just pay for the order. And so you don't have yeah. that lead time to wait to replenish. And that's the key right now is if you can stay in stock, I mean, during this whole COVID if you were able to stay in stock, you made an absolute killing. And that's going to be the same during Q4. Right. I mean, this is just worth repeating, but like, this is going to be a Q4, like nothing we've seen before. Um, how many places are going to be advertising huge on, on Black Friday in these physical stores? It's just not going to happen. And so many shoppers are going to be wary of, of going in. And so your digital presence matters from stock to images, like everything is just going to have more traffic. It's a good problem to have. And um, it's, it's worth repeating that this is still unique territory and uh, it's kind of a moment for your products to, to shine, get a lot of ratings, get a lot of sales, because um, as I've had a few guests recently talk, your uh, products like reviews and your ratings, that is a, it's like, it's like beachfront property. Once you have that, it's actually, it, it pushes away competition and it makes it more expensive for them to achieve the same thing. Like if you missed the last few episodes, that like that is why money's coming in this space and just buying existing brands and private label products or distribution and not, you know, starting their own. I would say most people that are listening to podcasts, the, you know, the listeners not there, they're like scrappy and we're like willing to like, you know, put together more work. We know e-commerce and we can build these from the ground up. And I, I'm still, you know, <laughs> plugging in and, and, and launching products. I enjoy it. And, but by doing so, you're actually creating something more valuable 
that others can't do. So, you know, I've actually learned a fair amount from Trevin through his YouTube channel. And I wanted to ask, like, you know, I've been doing a podcast for over a year. I've dabbled in YouTube, you know, done a lot more the last month. So what's different? What are some of the challenges? What are some of the benefits of, you know, education or like just like learning about Amazon uh, through YouTube? So my favorite thing about YouTube is the fact that I can share my screen with people and that's how I'm able to simplify the process. And that's what um, I can do pretty good for my YouTube videos. I can talk, but also dive into my screen where a podcast, you're trying to articulate Mm -hmm. like the process without actually showing examples where YouTube videos, you can literally look at this listing. This is what's wrong. This is how to do research. This is how to plug everything in and do the entire thing. And so that's what I really love about YouTube. Do you know what, as you were talking about that, I actually think that if we were to contrast it to a podcast, the, the strength of YouTube is actually a weakness of podcast. And then the weakness of YouTube might be the strength of podcasting. It is. <laughs> we, we were talking about this earlier. So like podcasting, you actually can like really tease apart ideas and really laser in the listeners are actually attuned for that. Like they're really wanting to learn something that they've never heard before. Whereas YouTube, it's like all about visual and you can really convey an idea uh, better. So what's a weakness of YouTube? The biggest weakness in my opinion is the YouTube viewers, for whatever reason, they rather watch a video that doesn't help them progress their Amazon business. They rather watch something that showing like my, my top three products that I failed, like products that I failed about. And, and like, yeah, granted we can learn from my failed products, but yeah, like, let's be honest. Like, I, I don't know where they want to see a day in the life of my, uh-huh. like an Amazon seller. They want to see like a vlog of me instead of actually learning how to do keyword research or instead of actually learning how to run a PPC campaign that's going to make your money and grow your business. Watching a day in the life of an Amazon seller is not going to help you grow your business, but that's what a lot of YouTube viewers want to watch. And that's where a lot of viewers on my channel go is videos like that. So that would be my only complaint about it. But I, I mean, they're serious about selling on Amazon, but they just like to watch these videos and say, yeah. oh yeah, I'm, I'm learning to become an Amazon seller. And you've probably seen it. I've, I've dealt with this for the last three years. You're like, oh, I heard about Amazon three years ago and I've just been watching YouTube videos, but I haven't, I haven't started. I'm like, right. well, I haven't Where, started. Like that, that's horrible. Whereas if you're not selling on Amazon, my podcast is terribly boring. <laughs> it, it, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Because I'm really trying to like push the envelope and like, what's new? Like, I know a lot, but like I, there, there's more for me to consider. I mean, I've already teased out a few new ideas uh, through you thinking about expensive products a little bit differently and, uh, you know, criteria for a good product. So yeah, that's uh, super interesting. I'm actually curious. And, and like, I know that like, you know, you crossed, you crossed a seven figure threshold. What are your goals with your selling? So my, my biggest goals, uh, like you mentioned right now, people are willing to buy Amazon businesses at a pretty good, like premium, like they're, Mm -hmm. they're wanted, like people want these Amazon businesses. So my long-term goal is to build something that I can potentially sell. Mm -hmm. And then I can either take that money and go invest into other ventures, or I can take that money, take some from me or just go 
repeat the process. Exactly. And for me, it's a skill set that literally like has changed my life forever. And I'm so thankful for the Amazon opportunity and for that skill set because I know like this is what I need to do. And if I can do this, I can make a really good income and I can sell that. And so I actually have two Amazon accounts. I got um, my second one approved by Amazon. And my goal with that second Amazon account is to just build it up and sell it. And that's all I want to do with that second account. So that's my long-term goal is to just build it to a point and then sell it. And then with that money, um, go invest in real estate or invest in another business or do something different with that money. That's a smart way to think about like any sort of like payout situation, you know, a little for me, you know, like improve your living situation if you want. Um, but then also like reinvest some of that. I think as uh, humans, you know, we're always like interested in like growing and creating and take one success and roll it into another. Um, I love it. If you want to learn more about Trevin, I, you know, check out his YouTube. He's got a lot of good stuff. If you want to see a small amount of stuff, you can check out my YouTube. I've only got like a handful of videos. Thanks you so much for coming on the podcast, you know, and talking about Amazon, you know, love to see what you've done so far. And, you know, if you, uh, if you end up selling your business, shoot, tell me, <laughs> I want to hear I appreciate about the it. it was an honor to be here. I hope you guys enjoyed a little bit of of my knowledge that I, that I have with Amazon. Thank you. All right. All right. Well, I uh, hope all the listeners, uh, you enjoy a good Q4. You continue to become a better e-commerce professional. Don't stop. Uh, tease out all those secrets. So uh, thanks for listening and tune in next time. One, two, three. Yeah.